Something amazing happened today, a historic first critical pattern shift. We are going to talk about that, plus what's going on in the repo markets. I can't wait to show you all of this coming up. tell you the truth, I could not be happier to be the chief market analyst here at ITM Trading because it means that I pay attention to stuff closer than I would if I were just living out there and doing a normal kind of life. And I'm so grateful. But you might also recall that I told you that you want to, if you have not already subscribed, you want to do so and hit that bell. So when we go live, because when something major happens, I'm going to come on air and I'm going to tell you about it as soon as I know. And something major happened today. And I'm going to start with that. And it actually really flows into everything else that I want to talk about today, surprisingly enough. But do you know that junk bonds yields have now fallen below the official inflation rate. That has never, ever, 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 ever happened before. Essentially, you're locking in a loss, which is what negative rates do anyway. Nominally, they're still positive. They're on average maybe four to four and a half percent. But with inflation running at 5.4%, and do you think that's really gonna slow down? I know we are told it's transitory, but he never said how long, Fed Chair Powell never said how long transitory is. So do you really realize the implications? Because junk is junk is junk, right? So you're looking at corporations that are in doo-doo fiscally anyway, may or may not survive the debacle that we're going through, most likely not because they're already loaded up with junk. Not only have you not been getting paid for the risk that you were taking, but now essentially you're at negative rates with that. People ask me all the time, well, can't they do this forever? No, no, they can't. They can do it longer than you would think possible. So you might get discouraged because after all, even though gold and silver are up today, they're not up that high. And why aren't they spiking with everything that's been going on? Understand a rising gold cost is an, or price is an indication of a failing currency. What these junk bonds are showing you and what I'm gonna show you in the repo markets they're telling you the system is failing. The experiments that the central banks have put together to prolong this mess are failing. They're failing. Let's talk about the repo markets because it's really significant. And frankly, you just became a whole lot more vulnerable. Even if you don't have wealth in the fiat money systems, we're all of us a lot more vulnerable. You know I pay attention to pattern shifts. This one is historic. We may not fully comprehend exactly what this means yet, 
You don't need to. What you need to know is that whenever a pattern shift happens, it means something. And to me, this is a very negative pattern shift. But it should not be a surprise because we've been watching the patch that the central bank put on money market funds last September, 2019. Well, guess what? That patch is falling apart again. And what we're really looking at is trouble. And the reason why this, look, what do we all want? We want to be safe in our homes. We want to have financial security to know that we can maintain a reasonable standard of living. But you're up against the global central banks that don't want you to maintain a reasonable standard of living. They keep attacking your purchasing power wealth in what you work for and attempt to save. You need to have a tool that can protect you because, hey, I'm from the central bank. I'm here to help. I don't think so. If a money dealer could borrow at zero and do something with that money, he or she would do it. <laughs> you think? Now, can you and I borrow at zero? No. But can the corporations and the banks borrow at zero? Yes. Even the federal government on the debt can't borrow at zero. But corporations and banks can. After the Fed boosted the return on the repo facility, which we're going to look at in just a minute here, from 0% for Mr. Pozar, who is really the expert in the plumbing of in the repo markets and the plumbing of the financial system. He was a central banker and now he works for Credit Suisse. The move turned the facility from a largely passive tool that provided an interest rate floor to the deposits that large banks have been pushing away into an active tool that sucks the deposits away that banks decided to retain. What all that means is that there is, with all of the money printing that the central banks have done and the government, the treasury has done, that everything is awash in liquidity. Now we do know that it costs the banks money to hold what um, deposits that can move quite quickly right? So a hedge fund or a large corporation, maybe they make a deposit here and they pull it out there. But banks like to use our money to trade, to make money. We've seen this in the earnings that most of those earnings are coming from trades, from trading, banks trading. Well, for that, they need sticky money. That's yours and mine because we are not likely to change banks quickly, unlike entities like hedge funds, etc. But here's the concern. The concern is that this is the tip of the iceberg and we can't see the rest of it. The more money that ends up back at the facility, meaning the Fed, the RRP, the greater the overall excess and the greater risk of that excess being put to use in ways that could end up being dis 
destabilizing trading. And I think, honestly, you know, I mean, I can't sit here and tell you absolutely that the hyperinflation has begun. But I think that that is a highly likely scenario. And you might want to timestamp this one for the future, Edgar, because while I'm not going to go 100%, I think the hyperinflation has begun. And I think that that's what's, what all of this is telling us because it's sloshing around the system and it has to go someplace. America's banking system currently faces a plethora of additional cash due to the Fed's generous quantitative easing program, as well as the Treasury's unlimited support of the government and subsequent U.S. economy. Yeah, in response to. Okay, let me kind of digest that one and chew that up a little bit for you. Now, normally you would think, well, the banks would like cash, but they really aren't doing too much lending these days because there's so much cash that's been put out there. Corporations and individuals are not borrowing as much as they did. So that is the traditional way that a bank made its money. And so this huge influx of of cash, actually, this is one of the reasons why we went into that banks don't have to hold reserves because we're in an ample reserve regime, which we're going to look at in just a second. Okay. So too much, the banks have too much cash. They have to, they don't have to hold reserves for it anymore, but it's just sloshing around in the system and they can't really even use money that will fly in and out quickly for their trading purposes. Yours and mine, they can, but the hot money, that's what's referred to. They can't. The Fed has adjusted the, now why they did this, I can't say. Some think that they made a huge policy misstep when they did that. And everything is so fragile, frankly, they can't afford to make a misstep. But it's not like they have a playbook on how to do this. This is all a huge experiment. So the Fed has adjusted the interest rate paid banks on excess reserves. Hmm, Wait, I didn't think they had a hold reserve. Oh, they stopped letting us know what that was in what, May or June? Yeah, that's right. They took that information away from us. But they adjusted the interest rate paid to banks on excess reserves from 0.1% to 0.15%, as well as raised the reverse repo rate from zero to 0.05%. The upward rate change has created the sudden surge in reverse repro volume with, and I'll show you that in a minute, with more likely to come, particularly as a drawdown in the TGA, which is the Treasury's government account or cash account, will boost reserves in the banking system, which will subsequently flow into the RR market. So we've already shifted to an ample reserve regime. I mean, I think this is like really interesting to an ample reserve regime and required the banks not to hold reserves on your deposits. And yet they're raising the interest rate on excess reserves, which is something they never did prior to 2008. So it's experiment after experiment that works for a while and then starts to break down. So 
Can you see this teeny weeny little blip up? Okay, that is the from a 0.01% to 0.015% and that convolute a little bit. This is the interest on the RRP. And again, there's that itty bitty 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 little blip up and it's creating a lot of havoc in the markets. So much as they say, oh, they'll raise rates, they've got these tools to fight this inflation. No, they do not have the tools to fight the inflation because historically, in order to fight inflation, they raise interest rates. They can't do it. They tried to do it in 2016 and we saw the results of that and run off their balance sheet, which is another tool that they can do. I mean, they're still buying 120 billion a month in mortgage-backed securities and treasuries, which is part of what's creating this imbalance and the challenge that we have. But if that little itty bitty teeny weeny move can threaten the entire plumbing of the global financial system, do you think they can really raise rates? No, they cannot. And what do they fear? Negative rates. And why do they fear negative rates? Because you and I will notice. I mean, we're going there anyway. We talked about this. We have to go there because there's no room left. Historically, in a crisis, they have about, they drop rates about five and a half, five and three quarters percent. Can they do that? They couldn't barely raise them. And you get this. Additionally, we talked about this back in uh, April, that money markets brace for headaches as the debt limit draws near. That's, by the way, July 31st. Okay? So in a couple of weeks, unless Congress, which they probably will, either raises or eliminates the debt ceiling, which they did. They suspended the debt ceiling for two years. Takes us back to 2019 and we can see the results. We've got over, and this is just the public debt, so this isn't the total debt. This is just Fed debt held by the public, right? It's above 28 trillion, because this is just from the first quarter of 2021. So this isn't even reflective of the second quarter yet. I mean, can you see the problem? Are they going to raise the debt ceiling? Of course they're going to. They always do. Maybe they'll suspend it. Maybe they'll suspend it permanently. Does it mean then that the debt doesn't matter if they were indeed to do that? No, that is definitely not what it means. Because the more debt that they take on, the less that the that any debt that they take on, the less impact it has. This is why we have to go to a new system. And also, by the way, this is why we have to hyperinflate because the new system they have in mind for us, the CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, are also, at least at this point, from what I could find, based on their ability to create more debt. So how would those CBDCs help us? All it would really do is give greater and direct control of you and me 
to the central banks. They have to burn off that debt. That's why, you know, people ask me all the time, well, what about deflation? That's the battle that the central bankers have been in since we went on a debt-based system, has been against deflation as we've expanded to globalization. It's deflation that we're fighting, that they're fighting. And there's only one way to do it, only one. So it makes it simple. That's inflation. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm really, I'm really upset with the information that I have to give you today. So on top of it, with that debt ceiling out two more weeks, the U.S. Treasury needs to run down its cash balance in the Treasury General account. It's a tre tre Treasury General account. I need to slow down a little bit. Deposited at the Fed to 450 billion target before that two-year debt ceiling suspension expires on July 31st. So they've been working on it, but guess what? They still have 800 billion in there. So they have to reduce it by almost half. That is more cash, more liquidity into a system that is already saturated with it. Of course, this is all going to the corporations and the banks and those that they can borrow for free. A little bit of it is going to the public. And oh, by the way, today you might check your bank accounts because the, the uh, child tax credits go out today and some will be automatically deposited. Now, before you go, as a little aside, before you go and spend that money, you just want to make sure that on your next tax filing, you won't have to repay that money because you might, there are, there are attachments to it. But at any rate, <coughs> that too went out today, which I find really interesting. So back to the slides, because we have to talk more about the Fed's reverse repo window. Can you go back to the slide, please? Thank you. The Fed launched its reverse repo program in 2013 to mop up extra cash in the repo market and create a strict floor under its policy rate or the effective Fed funds rate, which is an overnight rate that the Fed actually controls. Uh, and uh, the repos are where, uh, I'll show you this in just a second. I'll show you this in just a second. Uh, currently in a target range of zero to 0.25%, eligible counterparties lend cash to the Fed in return for treasury collateral on an overnight basis. Well, originally on an overnight basis, it's some is still overnight, but there are different lengths of maturities as they've been trying to tweak this new program to make it remain viable and to do the job that they wanted to do. So this is where entities will come in and trade cash for treasuries. Now, if the Federal Reserve is also buying a ton of treasuries, then that makes that market quite tight, right? It can train supply and therefore you have the supply demand imbalance. That's a big part of the problem. So the reverse repo use 
climbed to almost a trillion at quarter's end. Demand for repos has surged. And I find this interesting, and we're going to go into this a little bit more. 90 counterparties, because it's all contracts. And frankly, any contract is only as good as the counterparty. This whole fiat money system is all contract-based, all counterparty-based. Gold is the only financial instrument, and silver physical, these two, that do not run any counterparty risk. Okay? So, 90 counterparties, the most since 2016, parked a total of 992,000 billion cash with the Fed. Demand has yet to peak as debt ceiling reinstatement nears. So, we're going to see this get worse and worse. So, that's why it's important to pay attention now, get prepared now. If you haven't bought physical gold and silver yet, what are you waiting for? I mean, really, what are you waiting for? This is not the peak as QE continues and the cash balance has to decline into July at year end. This is going to force the government to make additional cuts to its bill supply. So not only do you have the demand supply imbalance because the Fed is, bill is, is um, buying up so many treasuries, but you get this cuts the government to make additional cuts to its bill supply issuing fewer of them uh, i'm telling you destabilizing you think uh yeah very destabilizing and this really matters to you um, that further exacerbating the supply demand imbalance and boosting the fed's rrp facility now, this is 2019 when the Fed had to stop raising rates and start lowering them again, as well as starting again to inject cash into the system more heavily, more heavily. But it is dwarfed by what's going on now. So this is when it came out and it was heavily used to keep those rates. So it was supposedly inactive to keep those rates low, but at the Fed's target, at the Fed's target. Therefore, the Fed created a new tool to try and help them maintain not going below zero. But it looks like the market's taken over to me. Doesn't that look like it to you? Look at that huge surge, higher than when it was even created higher than through 2016? Is this an unintended consequence? Because for every action, there is a reaction. And maybe that reaction is delayed. Maybe it's hidden for most people's view until it can't be hidden anymore. And I think that's where we're, we are highly likely to get to, to that part. So reverse repo counterparties operate with the New York Fed as cash providers in reverse repo operations. So they put the collateral in, now they've got to take it out. So they're, they're just juggling a lot, a lot of balls. These aren't the only balls they're juggling. And this is a flow chart of the collateral and financial plumbing. These are money markets, by far the largest contributor 
So you think that money markets are this safe thing, kind of like savings? No, it's how they fund the global, well, aside from new money printing, how they fund the global plumbing, financial plumbing. And down here are things like pension plans, um, insurers, the official sector. So like Fannie Mae, federal home loan, actually federal home loan bank was in this a lot. Could be Atlanta, could be New York, it could be the different states, but they were in there a lot. Now keep in mind that 20, there are 27 money market companies. So this does not account for the GSEs, the government uh, companies like, like the Federal Home Loan Bank or the commercial banks like JP Morgan Chase. This is just this, what I just showed you, just the money market funds. Now there are 27 companies. They have 92 money market funds. There's really no choice. There's just the illusion of choice. And frankly, if I went up the food chain, there'd probably be a whole lot fewer than 27 companies. But even just on its surface, on its surface, okay. 90 entities tapped the RRP. And I couldn't exactly tell which ones they were. Were they all of these money markets that you're holding your money in thinking they're safe because they're like a savings account? Do you still feel safe in them? People want to be diversified. Well, if everything that you hold is intangible, I don't care if it's a stock or a bond or a REIT or an insurance contract, it's not diversified. This is what you need, tangible, real money outside of the system to be truly diversified. Because this is what we also know. Desperate governments do desperate things. So which particular government? Well, they're all doing some pretty desperate things right now. But in Bolivia, they are real. Well, they're not the only country. We do know that central banks have been buying gold hand over fist since 2000. And it shows like 2010, but frankly, 2007. Okay. So Bolivia, uh, the Bolivian, let's see, sorry about that. I'm wearing my wrong glasses. The Bolivian lawmakers are currently debating a bill which would give the BCB first dibs on all the domestically produced gold. Bloomberg reported on Wednesday, the central bank would buy the precious metal from local producers at international prices in exchange for tax breaks. Also under the new legislation, Bolivian producers would require certification to sell their gold abroad. Exports of gold would be allowed, but only after the BCB has met its annual gold buying target. Let's see, is there another country that does not allow gold to leave its borders? Oh, wait, that's China. But typical when they're setting up for a confiscation. Bolivian lawmakers are debating a bill that would require all gold produced, oh, we already did that, okay, produced in the country to be offered to the central bank as the nation builds its reserves and cracks down on the illegal bullion trade. 
because they can write the laws. They can legalize anything they want. Let's crack down on what we don't like. Haven't we seen that? And so many believe, and I would have to be in agreement with this, Bolivia moves closer to gold confiscation with the latest laws blocking the sales and the export, exports. Desperate governments do desperate things. You want to be protected from that. I cannot use this one enough. And I would really... I would really suggest everybody follow the links. The links to all of this are over on the blog. You need to go there because what does the Bank for International Settlements say in this report that they did looking at foreign exchange reserves because gold and silver are real money. Gold is free of default risk. Everything in the fiat money system is contract-based. That means everything else runs that default risk. In this environment, are you seriously willing to risk your wealth, your hard work to default risk? Do you really think this can't happen here? Do you not see the insanity? Gold bullion is the only case of a financial asset with no counterparty liability, no counterparty liability. And if you keep it at home, it is not subject to political manipulation. Now, the form of it may or may not matter. I can't say that one way or the other. So personally, I don't hold any bullion gold because that accounts for about 98% of all the gold that is uh, above the ground. This is the way that I like it. This is the way that I buy it for me, thanks to Uncle Al. Even this is pre-33, thanks to my Uncle Al. He showed me how you could hold thousands of ounces of gold legally in 1964 when it was illegal to hold more than five ounces. But if you keep it at home, it truly is invisible. Plus, gold has been empirically proven to serve as an inflation hedge. Now, the fact that it's barely moved, even as inflation is surging, what does that tell you? Do you really think when you look at Wall Street's prices that you're looking at a true supply-demand market? Uh, no. It is a manipulated market, admittedly so over and over and over and over again. Even into what happened with Basel III naming gold as a tier one asset. We're gonna talk about this more next week. I need to dig a little bit, but we're gonna talk about this more next week. And finally, according to the Bank for International Settlements, its most widely recognized feature is its potential value in highly adverse scenarios. We are entering, we have already entered. What am I saying we are entering? We have already entered a highly adverse scenario. The insanity that's happening tells you about that. 
Why do you need to hold physical gold in addition to all of those reasons? Is because it is in your control and it is private. And we're going to a CBD system, which is programmable fiat money. Please, if you know of something that the government or the central bank has done for your best interest, let me know. Because the system was designed against you. We're in a club or there's a club and we ain't in it. As Gerald Salente, my friend says, and some, I think somebody else said that too, but it's true. We have to create our own club. How about the wealth preservation club? How about a sustainable life club? Because you need more than gold and silver. The, the advantage of these is that they are universally barterable and they're money wherever you go and they have the broadest base of buyer. But what else do you need to sustain a wonderful standard of living? Food, water, energy, security, community, and shelter. We need all of that. That's what we're talking about. That's what the strategy based upon repeatable historic patterns. That's the strategy that we executed ITM trading. That's the strategy that I developed for myself before I even went there based upon those repeatable patterns. And because there's so many brilliant people there, we've just made it better and better. Now I had a great interview on, uh, on Tuesday with Michelle Holiday over at Portfolio Wealth Global. And we really dug into CBDCs. That was by far, that was the main focus of that interview. And I thought she did a phenomenal job. So you really want to go and watch that. We will, we will share the link when it's out. And this morning I was with Patrick Vieira over at Silver Bullion TV. And we did talk about that, but we broadened out what we talked about. We certainly talked more about the repo markets. We certainly, we talked about everything. And you know, he always does such a fantastic job. I know you guys are going to really enjoy that interview. Now, next week, I am also interview heavy, which is fine with me because I'm, I'm definitely willing to work more because of where we are in this trend cycle, for goodness sakes. So I'm going to be on with Eric over at Tradcat Night Channel on Tuesday. I think that one's live, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that one is live. So I don't know what he's going to ask me, but he always asks great questions and you're going to want to see that or listen to that one. And I'll also be on a new channel, which is exciting. The Drew Perlman show on next Thursday. And I can't tell you if he's going to record that or he's going to run it live. You know, um, for me personally, I prefer to do them live because you get what you get. <laughs> and, and, and I don't have to worry about when it goes out. So I do prefer that. But again, you know, if you like, I consider this a really important one. So I'm going to ask you guys, share, 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 share. I cannot encourage that enough. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. 
I think that there will be more and more surprise things that I'm going to have to make you aware of. So hit that button. We'll let you know when we're going live. And you can hear all of this anywhere, anytime, available on all major podcast platforms. So wherever you are, you can still participate. And this is the time to be paying attention because there is absolutely zero doubt in my mind that it is time to cover your assets. And here at ITM Trading, you guys know we use real money as the foundation for that with the Wealth Shield. But it also incorporates all those other mantra pieces, which we're going to be talking more about as we move forward. Anything can happen over this weekend. Who knows? It's crazy out there. Insanity can reign longer than you would think, but not forever. And we're all vulnerable. You want to not be as vulnerable? Plus food, water, energy, security, community, and shelter. Until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.